where, where it says uh, abiding under his shadow, wanting to be close to the Lord, uh, where it says he is my refuge and my fortress. It's the place to go hide. It's the place to go hide and be protected, right? Because, you know, when you're a kid, you want to build a fort, right? And you want that fort to be to keep people out, right? It's not to keep you in, right? It's a place for you to be safe in, but you want to keep whatever whatever might be coming toward you out. And when we can look at this and say, the Lord is my fortress, that, that, that one that I can be shielded from whatever uh, might be coming my way, just uh, knowing that we can, <clears throat> we can trust in him. And, it, and the next line says, my God, in him I will trust. You know, if we consider, we can trust in a whole lot of things. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. But, you know, really, you know, we're going to trust in the Lord our God, right? And, and consider what Jeremiah 17, 5 says. It says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, uh, whose heart departs from the Lord. You know, if that's our mindset, if we're going, okay, well, this is what's going to take care of uh, whatever I'm facing, uh, and, and we're not going to the Lord first, and we're not going, God, this is this is what I'm dealing with in my life. Would you please be uh, the refuge that I can hide in? Would you be my fortress? You know what's going on in my life. Um, when we go to the Lord first, and, and because if we don't, how long do we trust in men? How long do we trust in ourselves? And we sit there and... I don't know about you, but I've been at points where I've tortured myself over things, you know, and I've confessed it to, to brothers even here, like, man, this whole week I've been kicking the spiritual stuffing out of myself, you know, and I've just been saying, man, did I beat myself up, you know, and instead of just saying, and, and, and I'll do that for a while and then I'll realize, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? I have a God to run to. I have one that I can go to that knows me. Right. He's not an imaginary thing. We were talking about um, uh, in between services. Uh, we were just talking about Santa Claus and, um, you know, whatever. If people do Santa Claus, whatever. We always taught my kids that Santa Claus isn't real. He doesn't exist um, because there are for many reasons. Um, but we were driving back from uh, Virginia this week and um and uh, there were some Christmas songs playing and everything. And I'm like, man, it's all about materialism. <laughs> it's all about what is this imaginary man going to come down my chimney and leave for me? I just want, I want, I want, you know? Uh, yeah. Okay. If there was a guy named St. Nicholas, whatever, and he brought some toys to a kid, to kids years ago. Awesome. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a great legend. But my wife and I made the decision that we were not going to uh, teach our kids that Santa Claus was real. Um, we flat out told them, hey, look, you're going to hear a lot about this guy. It's a fun thing to think about, but he's not real. He's not true. Um, we, uh, The reason we celebrate this season, and people can get into, well, that wasn't really, you know, that's Caesar. I don't care. What do we celebrate today? What do Christians celebrate Christmas uh, today? The birth of our Savior, right? So uh, we don't have to get all crazy and digging back into history, whatever. Uh, but ultimately we wanted our kids to understand that, that Jesus Christ is to be worshiped at this time. Uh, and we're supposed to be thanking God for the sa the birth of the savior. Okay. Uh, whatever the roots are with that, when you look at our nation, our nation doesn't know the roots of that, right? They don't, they don't know that nobody's looking into those things, but, but if we consider what our culture is celebrating, um, with Santa Claus, right? It's this imaginary guy that flies around the world. He's got elves that work for him at the North Pole and uh, North Pole, Alaska, right? Is where the North Pole, like there, there's the town, you know, North, North Pole, Alaska, you know, is that, so your sister lives there, right? So, but the North Pole, okay, just, just consider that. And, you know, you have all these things and what happens and, and Shane, Corey and I were talking about it um, this afternoon is, is now we've set a foundation because because what do they use and, and I'll tie this in I, I promise what what is Santa Claus used for to control right how he knows if you've been you know sleeping he knows if you're awake he knows if you're bad or good so it'll be good for goodness sake and he's checking the list checking it twice and all that stuff no that's real right so so when our kids you know when I say our kids when kids find out this is not real um 
So you've been lying to me about this whole thing. Well, yeah, but but then there is a real God. And they're like, sure. <laughs> sure, there's a real God, just like there was a real Santa. Right? It's, pl it's planting the seed that we can't be believed in what we're saying. Okay? Fun legend, whatever. You know, like I said, I don't get crazy about it. I'm not going to go tackle people and say, you told your kids Santa Claus existed. It's between you guys and the Lord, you know, and I say you guys, but just... So, I, you know, I don't get, uh, you know, crazy about that. But, but man, there's a, um, there's, there's no one to run to in Santa Claus. There's, I, I mean, uh, there's, he's, he's a, a false being. But we serve a, a real God that really knows us, right? He knows when you've been sleeping. He knows the Santa Claus songs. But God knows the numbers of hairs on our heads. He knows what we're doing, what we're going through. He knows all those things. We can go to him for things and just say, Lord, I need these help. These, I need help with these things. I need the Lord to be what I trust in and not in man, right? Because if our trust is in man, as it says there, cursed is the man who trusts in man. All we're going to experience is failure, trusting in man. But making the Lord our strength. Because what ends up happening is if, if man is our strength, then our hearts depart from the Lord, right? If we sit here and go, our strength is in our military, okay? How many how many militaries over world history have said that? Nobody can beat us. Think of that Titanic. Nobody could sink that. Not only God, not even God Himself could sink the Titanic. Maiden voyage, I think. Think of yeah, it's made yeah. Just just to think of these things, right? Our hearts depart from the Lord if we trust in anything but him. <clears throat> and trust in the Lord for everything. God desires to be the one that we run to for protection in hard times. I know that as a parent. You know, I look at my kids. I want them to come to us. I'm dealing with something. I don't want my kids to bear the load of what they're doing. Come to us. You know, oftentimes, right, we can go to our parents and say, I'm dealing with, oh, yeah, you know, I've dealt with that. This is how I, this is how, how we went through it. I understand what you're going through. The Lord wants us to come because he understands what we're going through, right? Verse 4, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays uh, waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand uh, at your right hand, but, but it shall not come near you. Uh, you know, when you consider, okay, so if our days consisted of this, uh, terror at night, the arrow flying by day, pestilence walking in the darkness, and destruction that lies in waste in noonday. Think of that. Think of the 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 paranoia that's going to set in on our, on our lives, right? You know, you guys know any uh, any germaphobes, right? Some of us might be germaphobes, right? I tease my kids, you know, because I'm I'm watching them, and 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 and, and some of them will just be so germaphobic i'm like you have to relax you're in your own house guys you know you, you touch that doorknob or anything and and guess what you've already got it on your hands and you ate and you didn't wash your hands so guess what you know uh am i telling us to go around and lick doorknobs no but but right if we're just afraid of everything you know consider how much is there to be afraid here right so we, we can either take uh cover uh with the lord under his wings and take the refuge and, and trust in him uh, and uh, we're, we're going to be okay. He's going to be the one that protects us, the shield, the buckler. Uh, he, uh, you know, you shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid of terror by night, right? You know, just the, the, the what's, what's going to happen at night, okay? And, and then consider the arrow that flies by day. Okay, now I've got to worry about that, and then I've got to, you know, worry about pestilence. Are we going to get sick? Are we going to get sick and die? I don't know. You know, that's remember, I, I know I quoted it last week, but I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And I know where I rest securely in the palm of his hand. You know, if we understand that, you know, if you get scared, you know, like if you deal with this, if you deal with um, with anxiety, sing this song, sing that song. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future and I know I rest securely in the palm of his hand. Just just singing that will will refocus our mind like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This scenario, this this situation is overtaking my life. 
I have got to go to the Father and I need to trust in Him and that I've got to keep training my mind to stop doing that. I have to take control of my thoughts, right? Take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ, as the Scriptures say, right? Bring them into obedience of Christ. Nope. That is not going to be the case. I'm not, this isn't health, wealth, prosperity, you know, speak it, you know, blab it, grab it, all that stuff. But it's literally retraining our minds and taking us out of those anxieties, out of those fears and going, wait a minute, God told me not to worry. By worrying, I can't get any taller. I can't change the color of my hair. So just trust in him, lay it at his feet and walk forward. You know, it's, I'm so blessed that the Lord doesn't say, just keep worrying about it and it'll get better, Right. We, 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 can, we can trust in him and know that, uh, that we are more than safe. You know, we're talking about even pestilence, you know, walking in, in, in darkness. Doesn't that sound scary? Where it says, uh, you know, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness. But, you know, think about the pestilence that has spread throughout the world at, di- excuse me, different times. Hey guys, I'm having a hard time keeping my throat clear and stopping from hiccuping, so I apologize. <clears throat> but... Essentially, there. If we if we sit here and we think about these things, being afraid of night terrors, the pestilence, being afraid of you know what might happen to me during the day, right? A flying arrow means something that's going to take your life. It's not like the flying arrow that's going to stick in your hand. It's talking about things that would take our lives. If we get overwhelmed by those types of things, or we're 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 witnessing people get wrapped around the axle about certain things, just hey, let's go pray. Let's talk. You know, what, what, what can we talk about that we can go to the Father and we can trust in him? As, as you know, this psalmist is, is writing here that we can go to him. Uh, we don't have to fear the, the destruction that lays waste at noonday, any of those things. A thousand may fall at one side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Just trusting the Lord that he was going to preserve us. You know, the trust and the safety that we have in abiding in God and in his presence, right? It's where we're going to find the protection and provision we need. When we can cling to verses like Romans 8.28, that all things work for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. When we can get these some of these scriptures that we need to be able to literally meditate on. You know, the world will say, well, meditate. Where, where's a, a peaceful place for you to go? Guess what? Your, feels, fear, your fears will find a way to get to that peaceful place in our minds. But when we can go, no, that's a lie. I need to go to the scripture. What does the scripture say about my life? That all things are working for good for those who love God and call them to, are called according to his purpose. Then I don't have to worry. Does, does, is God with me in this? Is he with me in that? You know what? I'm, I'm, I love the Lord. I'm following him. I'm, I'm in his word. I have a relationship with him. Uh, I'm submitted to his, his lordship in my life. Then we just move forward. Sometimes all it takes is just taking the next step. Because what does fear do? It paralyzes, right? Paralyzes, keeps us right there in the, in the same spot. No, I'm going to move forward uh, with the Lord. Verse eight: Only with your eyes shall, uh, only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. You know there are blessings and cursings available uh, at the hand of the Lord. Consider what Isaiah three eleven says: Woe to the wicked! It shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be given him. So there's, there's the reward of the wicked right there. Uh, it shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands shall be uh, given to him. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19, probably a familiar verse to you. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. There's a choice there's there's a choice there that the Lord presents. You know, we see the wicked, the end for the wicked, and the result for the wicked, right? From Isaiah uh, uh, three, uh, we are, we already read that that you know things are going to be ill with them, and and the rewards are going to be given to them. But the Lord reasons with us. The Lord calls us, and He says, "Hey, you've got choices. You want blessings or cursings? Choose life." <laughs> you know, God God says that you can have one or the other. And then there's the encouragement from the Lord, like, why wouldn't you choose life? Choose life that you may live, you know, you and your descendants. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Um, 
you know, does that mean none of us are ever going to get sick? No. You know, when when we consider uh, the things that we have seen in this church, the people that have dealt with the massive medical issues that they have, uh, you know, for someone to look and go, oh, well, you're not doing this in their lives. That's not that's not right at all. It's saying that there is a protection of the Lord and that God in God's will, he's going to lead us. And, and when we trust him and we follow him that, uh, but, but we're not going to, uh, be in the spot where, uh, we have to fear these things and sit there and go, Oh, is this going to happen? I don't know. I don't know if this thing's going to happen, but we, we can know for sure that, uh, as we trust in him and he is our refuge, that he's uh, e even if those things were to come into our lives, and they have come into some of our lives, we've dealt with massive things like cancer uh, or or other uh, you know big physical ailments that that have uh, have been. I mean, those are giants in people's lives uh, to to have to face, right? I, I'm sure everyone here has known somebody who's who's gone through something as common, and I, I hate to say that common as cancer, but uh, but when when you consider uh, those types of things, you know, if somebody were to spin this and say, well, no, this says here that if you're, you know, walking with the Lord, you're not going to have these things coming uh, near. But this is talking about a plague. This is talking, you know, when you consider what did God use to, to play? Did he use plagues on Egypt? Those were judgments from God on the wicked. Right. So so we have to understand the context of Scripture when we're looking at these things. We have to understand God. You know, God doesn't pour out his his wrath on his children. He just when when we look scripturally and reading through that, you know, if there's disobedience and we need the correction, we might get our butt whooped. Okay, but but when we're walking with the Lord and, and we're following Him, uh, He's not going to pour out His wrath on us. Verse eleven: For He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Uh, Matt Harvey used to sing a song, uh, Jehovah Jireh. I think I've done it a couple times. My, my Lord shall supply all my need. And everything uh, that it says there, I've got to, uh, um, according to his riches and glory, right? Uh, he shall give his angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh careth for me. So I got to I get to understand that um, that scripture uh we sang it together for years when Matt would you know, lead worship here. He leads worship at say, uh, Safe Harbor Church, uh, the Calvary Chapel in um, uh, Searsport uh, now. But uh, it's a blessing. Uh, you know, every time I come across that, that song comes into my head. Right now, that that verse that uh, those verses that we just read, eleven and twelve, probably sound familiar. Uh, Luke chapter four, verses nine through twelve. Then he, Satan, brought him, Jesus, to Jerusalem set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you and in their hands. They shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been, been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Uh, you know, that's it's probably you may be more familiar with that uh, from from Satan trying to tempt Christ to kill himself. Just jump off the temple, right? If you do it, you know, the angels are going to save you, right? Doesn't it say that? You know, uh, all the way back in Psalm 91, doesn't it say that in there? And uh, the Lord had to set him straight. But uh, he does give his angels charge over us uh, to, to keep us uh, in, in our ways. Verse 13. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra and the young lion and the serpent uh, you shall trample underfoot. This is not God telling us to go take up stake handling in church, right? You ever seen the videos of those people doing that nonsense? How stupid is that, right? You know, and they're, they're always shaking. They're always, you ever, I mean, I don't watch these all the time, but the things I've seen, they're all, you know, just demonic, right? They're just acting demonic. They're all acting crazy and creepy in those things. This is not what it is. They're saying that the Lord is going to give you protection from these things. Remember, this, it, it's probably coming into your mind, remembering in Acts, right? When the viper came out, latched itself onto, onto Paul's hand, and he shakes it off, and everybody's waiting for him to die. They're like, oh, that guy's definitely a murderer or something. He may have escaped you know, the government, but you know, he's not going to escape fate. You know? and, and then Paul's there, and he starts healing everybody. They're like, oh, we might have been wrong about that guy, 
right? We just we have to know that our hand when our lives are in the hands of God, we don't have to fear the the random thing happening. You know, nothing happens to us at random when we're in God's hand. We don't have to worry about those things. We don't have to walk around on eggshells. Probably, you know, if we're, you know, cliff diving, understanding, right, <laughs> that there's a chance we might be uh, doing something stupid, right? We might have to pay a consequence for doing those things. Don't get me wrong, right? I might know some people that have jumped out of planes, you know, those things. I want to do it. I want to do it, but I understand there's a risk in that. You know, and I'm just going to be like, no, God's got me, you know, jumping out of there. Okay, was it wise to do that? Probably not. No, I still want to do it. But uh, it, it's just, uh, it's one of those things that we, we, we don't have to worry about these things just coming. Lion and the cobra. You, what are we going to do? You guys remember, uh, and I know I've shared this before, but I remember going out at night and talking to Will, and you just hear those lions across the street. And you're like, whoa. You know, it was creepy. You know, my <laughs> Jen and the girls were here with us one night, and hyenas. Um, <laughs> I think the girls, and they just, they didn't even ask what it was. They just, boom, getting in the car, going. You know what I mean? They're not sitting there, no, lions shall not. No, they heard the sound, and they're gone. I'm like, guys, they're a long ways away. You can hear hyenas from a long ways away. Yes, they're creepy and all those things. Um, I don't want to hear them. When I hear it, I just, I, I don't like to hear it. Something's getting eaten, you know, and, and, and those things, I've, I've heard them right outside our door, our window before. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a creepy sound, but, uh, but it's not like we need to walk around and, and walk on eggshells. Like, Oh, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? No. Uh, we just, we have to trust in the Lord. We have to, we have to understand that things like, you know, snake handling, uh, lion wrestling, you know, any of those things that people are going to say, no, the scripture says, and they run right in to do the stupid thing, not understanding the proper context of the scripture uh, and, and what's being said here. We need to be able to, as Second Timothy uh, 2 tells us, we need to be able to rightly divide the word of truth. We can't just sit here and go, oh, well, this says this here. Well, what's the proper context? Those uh, context is important, right? <clears throat> you ever, ever seen the... Uh, the, the, that joke about punctuation, how important punctuation is, and you know you can write three words on the on the whiteboard. Let's eat grandma, right? But if you put the proper punctuation in there, you have the comma. Let's eat. Let's eat grandma. You know those types of things. It's the same thing with proper context. If we don't, if we're not looking at it right, we're not going to have the right uh, the right uh, understanding of what it's really supposed to mean and what it's supposed to say. All right, enough of that foolishness. Verse 14. This is uh, God speaking here. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him uh, and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's the total opposite of the anxiety, of the fear, of the of anything, right? It's we're talking about scorpions and uh, sorry, you're talking about lions and serpents and uh, the pestilence and all these things that can uh, just come up. You know what? Just go hide in the shadow of His wing and just trust that He's going uh, to protect us. You know, God doesn't uh, doesn't sit there and say, "Hey, you didn't worry enough. You didn't worry about these things or those things." We can just go and, and trust Him. He has set his love where, where the Lord says he has set his love upon me. That's what God has always desired with his creation. He's always desired that, that our love would be set upon him. And uh, that's a that's a wonderful thing uh, to read there because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. You know, if we need to wonder where our affection, where our mind needs to go every day, where our heart needs to go, it's to the Lord. If we set our heart on the Lord every single day, he's going to bless us. And, you know, when, when we find ourselves in a spot where uh, we're getting anxious, we're getting those things, our, our focus isn't where it really needs to be. Our focus needs to be on him, and he's going to take care of everything else. That's when we're going to experience the blessings of comfort, protection. We're going to experience God's counsel, God's presence in our lives. Um, he's going to give us his peace. Um, he's going where it even says there, even salvation, and I will show him my salvation. We can just rest in him. Just go to him and rest in him, and he's going to take care of everything else. 
Uh, the riches of his kindness and love. There's nothing that compares to God. Nothing compares to the goodness of God. You now that safety and peace and fulfillment of abiding in Christ. Before we move on to Psalm 92, I'll share with you John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. We want fruit in our lives, we need to abide in Christ. If we abide in Christ, we're going to experience those the fruits of the Spirit are going to be evident in our lives. Right? We're going to have the love, the joy, the peace, the gentleness, the patience, the kindness. All of those things are going to come as we abide in Christ. It's when we stray. That's when we move away from the sheep pen. Uh, that's where problems happen for us. But when we're reading this psalm and we're, we're talking about the blessings of abiding in the presence of God, when and you couple that with John chapter 15 and you see what Jesus had to say, as we're abiding in him, not only are we going to experience peace and joy and all those things, we're going to have those fruits of the Spirit. We're going to be producing something in our lives. Rather than being scared and afraid of everything, oh, there might be an arrow that hits me or a pestilence that comes upon me or terrors that come over the night. We don't have to move. Like We, we have the choice. We could go to the Lord and say, God, I don't want fear to roll and reign over me. I want you to. I want to walk with you. Psalm 92 Praising God for his love and faithfulness. A psalm. A song for the Sabbath day. It is good to give thanks to God and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. You know, when, when we uh, start breaking this down, uh, almost sentence by sentence, you know, the Sabbath day. The Sabbath was a day of rest, right? So when you consider what this is saying is while we're resting, we can meditate on God's love his goodness, his kindness, and sing to him and give thanks. You know, this is a very simple psalm. It's not very long. It's 15 verses. But there's there's so much in here that's just so joyful, so so much, uh, you know, gratitude uh, that, that can come into our heart as we're uh, reading through it. You know, sing to him and give thanks, that Sabbath, um, that we would take time to rest, take time to, to spend time with the Lord, and uh, just be in his presence, be in his word, and, uh, and offer up the, the, the thanksgiving and uh, everything that he's, he's due. You know, to, uh, declare is his, uh, verse 2 says, to declare uh, his loving kindness in the morning. What a great way to start the day, trusting him to get through the day. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for this day. Please be with me in it. If that's our prayer, that's an awesome prayer. Right, starting the day in thanks. Just Lord, I'm so grateful that we slept okay last night. Guys, there's a simplicity in walking with the Lord. Isn't that the, the wonderful thing? This the simplicity, right? You ever quoted a verse of somebody like, How do you know that? And it's like people can quote things from whatever they're passionate about. When our chief passion, our 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 great desire is to know the Lord and to know his word, and we're able to share something like this and just say, Hey, you know what? That then it becomes something a part of us, right? It, it, when when we know the scriptures that well, it happens over time. Don't get discouraged if you've been trying to remember scriptures and oh, you know I tried this, I've tried that. Just keep reading. Just it, even if you just get the overall understanding of what it's saying, right? If we just understand, well, what is the word saying in this scenario or whatever? Okay, great. I understand that truth. Put that in your spiritual pocket and have that that you can carry around with us, right? Declaring his loving kindness in the morning. Just, God, thank you for your loving kindness. And your faithfulness every night. You know, we start the day uh, thanking him and trusting him, and at night reflecting on his faithfulness throughout the day. God, thank you for getting me through this day. I know there are some days I've got through that I'm like, I don't know how God was with me through that day. It's, you know, those bad days, right? We can go through a bad day. And, but when we put our heads on the pillow, we have to know that God's loving kindness is going to keep us that night. And that uh, the next day we need to be thanking him for his faithfulness that evening. Just trusting him. You know, are we going to have hard times? Yes. But that doesn't mean we still don't thank God. 
That doesn't mean that we still don't, uh, you know, go to him uh, and thank him for his faithfulness and his loving kindness in our life. In fact, that's when we're supposed to do it, right? It's easy to do that when things are good. But when things are hard, that's when we need to go and say, Lord, I'm not really understanding this or whatever, but I'm going to start this day. You know what I'm dealing with. I'm going to start this day thanking you for it, and I ask you to be with me in it and to help me through these things. He Eventually, that, that trial will end. Right. That's the great thing about a trial. Right. The Lord will bring us through it. He'll sharpen us. He'll strengthen us through it. And then that trial ends. If that trial comes along the next time, it's usually not as torturous for us. Right. Like, oh, I recognize what's happening here. I'm a little sharper. I'm a little bit stronger. I can move forward with this and trust the Lord because he's faithful to bring me through it. Right. Just like we can thank him for his faithfulness every night. We need to give him praise where it's due. But what I like here in, in um, excuse me, in these first two verses is it's reminding us to give ourselves a proper perspective every day. We have to go into every day and go through every day with a proper perspective. You know, um, I, I've shared it before, but in talking um, with a colonel that, uh, that I was talking with about an individual that was going through some really hard and heavy things, he took a piece of paper. I'm sorry if I've shared this, but he just flipped it over as a white piece of paper and he just put a dot on it. He goes, all that person can focus on right now is that little dot. They can't see anything else around them. The circumstances were swallowing them up so much. And that circumstance was so small, you know, as it was depicted on the piece of paper. But it was he was so accurate, so true. I've carried that with me and I've shared it with, with people. You know, he was one of my favorite bosses. Love serving under that guy. And it's so true. But when we have a proper perspective, waking up in the morning, thanking God for his loving kindness, and at the end of the day, thanking him for his faithfulness throughout the day. It's a great way to give us a proper perspective every single day. Verse 3. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp with harmonious sound, it's that declaring these things, that they would do it on you know, using instruments to praise him. And there's no greater use for an instrument than to praise God with it. Verse 4, for you, Lord, have made me glad through your work. I will triumph in the work of your hands. You know, you've made me glad through your work. Well, we can look and see what God has worked in our lives. We can look back and go, wow, you know what? I, this is where God has taken me. You know, I, I remember being there. And God will, God will bring things into our memory. And we'll go, I remember. I remember when that was there and God brought me through that. Or I remember when I struggled with that. And I no longer struggle with that. And now I'm moving up here. We're a constant work in progress, right? That's what we are. That sanctification process we've talked about, once we're saved, yes, we're sanctified from sin, right? And by the blood of Christ, we're separated from sin. We're instantly sanctified. We're, we're instantly uh, pure in God's eyes. But then there's a sanctification process, a three-step process, right? There's the sanctification process that lasts our whole lifetime where God is removing things out of our lives and he's injecting himself in. And, and so there's that, that constant cleansing and that, that sanctification that's happening that, that began at salvation and that until the, uh, the day that we breathe our last and, and then that last final sanctification of being with him, right? That three-step process of sanctification, trusting him uh, through that process that we can understand that he is at work and he's doing a great work in us. There are times where I'm like, oh, yeah, great, great. You know, I'm, I'm growing in the Lord, and, and I can look at myself in the mirror and go, man, did I just mess up. Man, you know, I, I just failed. I just I missed the, the mark on that, that process or, um, you know, that thing that I was supposed to do. Uh, those things, I'm like, man, but I have to be able to trust in him, the work that he's doing. The triumph in, uh, that we will triumph in the work of his hands. Consider Ultimately, you know, my, the first thing that comes to mind is the work of Jesus Christ's hands, his nail-scarred hands, the work that he did with those hands to, so that we can triumph over sin. You know, ultimately, that's the greatest triumph we have, is the triumph that, that we can experience as uh, uh, over sin in death because of the blood of Christ and what he's done with his hands. Verse, uh, you know, but there's so much more when we consider the work of God's hands, you know, uh, creation and, and how he provides for us and all those things. But uh, that's my favorite thing to think of when I look at that. Verse five, oh, Lord, how great are your works. Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know, nor does a fool understand this. 
Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Thank God, right? For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. To understand God is higher than us. His ways are higher than us. His thoughts are higher than us. Uh, if we, you know, we're, we're, this is saying here, greater your works, your thoughts are very deep. Yes, he's God. He has an a, a understanding of all things. He is, his ways are very deep. Consider what Paul said in Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36. Oh, the depths, depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given him to him, and it shall be repaid him? For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. You know, those those are awesome things to meditate on and, and, and to look at. So when we consider uh, the thoughts, uh, you know, the greater God's works, his thoughts are very deep. And then it even goes into say a senseless man doesn't know. They, a senseless man doesn't know those things, nor does a fool understand those things. But if God has opened our eyes to who he is and the depths of his knowledge, we're going to be brought to these this same type of mindset like Paul is saying is, oh, the depth of, right? Uh, just that's that's a crying out the word oh that he's saying here. Just consider uh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable um, are His judgments and His ways past finding out. When we consider those things, God is bigger than us, you know, and uh, that's a, uh, a a a powerful thing to 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 when we understand that better. Right. Because if we just consider, you know, oh, well, God can't take care of this. God can't take care of that. No, his ways are pretty deep. We can trust him. You know, consider, right. Consider the Old Testament prophets when they're writing things they didn't understand. They're like, man, I, I wish I understood the fullness of what this is. Right. God did. But God laid it through the Holy Spirit, laying it on their hearts and they're writing prophecies down and they're going, you know, I don't understand. They're looking into these things. Right. And we get to see that. Right. As New Testament, when we have we, uh, couple that with the New Testament, we can understand that, yes, they had a great desire to further and better understand those. But they just sometimes would just write things down. I don't have the full understanding of this, but I need to write it down. I'll find out someday the, the, the deep ways of the Lord. Verse seven, <clears throat> when the wicked spring up like grass and when all the workers of iniquity flourish, uh, it, it is that they uh, may be destroyed forever. So they may spring up quick. Uh, they may seem to be flourishing, but destruction is certain uh, and swift for them, where it's talking about the wicked. Uh, you know, you look all through the scripture, we don't see the, the, the wicked actually in the end prospering. They may seem like they are, but in the end they're not. Uh, and it's uh, depicted even, uh, even here, it's even being uh, described. Verse 8, but you, Lord, are high forevermore, for beyond, uh, sorry, for behold, uh, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. The Lord's going to take care of enemies. We don't have to worry about those things. We can just trust in him that he's going to give us the victory we need in our lives. You know, the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. They might not be right now, but they shall be scattered. And we can just put our trust in him and understand that he is going to work uh, for our good. Verse 11, <clears throat> my eye also has seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. You guys see the word flourish all through those verses? 
the flourishing that happens in the Lord. It seems like in verse 7 where it says, when all the workers of iniquity flourish, it is that they may be destroyed forever. It seems like everything's great. It's building to their destruction. But if you look at the opposite here, the flourishing in the Lord is much different. You know, others seem to be flourishing, but they're destroyed. This is being established in the Lord. When we consider a psalm like Psalm 1, you know, blessed is the Lord, who, uh, the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of, scorn, of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like the tree that is uh, planted by the rivers of water um, that brings forth fruit in its season. Its, its leaf shall not wither. You know, when we consider that, really consider that. You know the song? Uh, the, the girls used to, the cast girls used to sing it. Uh, well, sorry, Doherty and, and um, uh, Valeric, right? Uh, but, uh, but Abby and um, I, don't, I don't know. Actually, uh, I think Christian brought that back. So all three of Will and Lori's daughters brought that back. And they were singing that song. I want to. That's the first time I heard it. I want to be like a tree uh, planted by the river, by the rivers of water, right? We want to be like that. We want to be firmly established. And look what it has to even say about that, right? Those who are planted, uh, verse, um, uh, verse 12, uh, let's go back even to that. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in, in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall bear, uh, still bear fruit in old age. Uh, that's that's a wonderful thing uh, to to look at right there. They uh, shall be fresh and flourishing, even in old age. Right? Uh, what a blessing there! Right? To be planted by the waters, to be properly watered, properly nourished by the Lord, and that there would be fruit still coming out of our lives. It's not like, hey, okay, I've hit this age, and now I'm just pruning up, and I'm no good to the church, and I'm no good uh, to the Lord, and I'm, I'm, you know, the good, the best of my days are behind me or anything. That's not what this is saying here. It says, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. You know, deep, deep spiritual roots. Right, those deep spiritual roots, well watered, well nourished. Oh, it's awesome. He is the rock. On you know, when when it says here, uh, you know, He is my rock. Christ is solid rock. I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Right. If we're gonna build something, right? What did Jesus talk about? You know, it's not wise for someone to build their house on sand. Right. I mean, consider you ever you ever been uh, at the at the beach and watch somebody make this awesome thing there and you're like they didn't build it far enough away from the water <laughs> right and you know very soon or it's going to be even if it's up further some kid's going to come by on his little beach bike and run it over just because it's something fun to do right but being you know being planted and built upon sand is not a wise thing right um but being built upon the rock that's where we're going to find uh, the strength in our lives I love how it ends. It says there's no unrighteousness in him. That's awesome. No unrighteousness in the Lord. He's perfect. Let's, uh, let's do 93. This is considering the eternal reign of the Lord. Verse, uh, verse 1 says, The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He, is, he has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from of old. Uh, you are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lifted up their waves. The Lord is on high. Uh, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. You know, when you're reading through those, yes, he has power over wind and wave. You know, Jesus Christ demonstrated that, uh, that he does. But when we consider uh, expositional constancy, when you look at waters, waves, floods, it's talking about people. It's talking about masses of people. So, you know, when, when we are considering, uh, you know, facing tough times, right? Uh, now, there are times where, uh, you know, the, we believe that we're in the flood. We're uh, being overwhelmed by 
crashing wave over crashing wave. And we can trust God uh, through those things and we can go to his throne. That's what it's saying uh, to us here, that we can go to the throne of God. We can uh, go trust in him. Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2 says, But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you, uh, called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame uh, scorch you. You know, consider the promises the Lord has for us. You know, what are we going to go through? You know, consider, you know, uh, when you look at you know, Daniel, you know, when when uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, when, when they uh, were dealing uh, with uh, being uh, thrown into the furnace. Right. They didn't they didn't have to fear. They were they were all like, hey, you can throw us in no matter what you do. We're you know, we're just going to trust the Lord. So if we die, we're going to go be with him. But if we live, that's going to be a story to tell. You know, these these guys can can say they're not going to fear, uh, you know, those those things that are that are overwhelming. They knew that they could go and they could cling uh, to the Lord, as it says there in Isaiah 43, it says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. When we can understand that, that we belong to God. If we belong to God, there's nothing and nobody that can do anything without his permission. That's just it. You know, that, that, that God is in control of our lives. We could couple that with something like Romans 8.28. And we look at, you know what? God is in control of my life. I just need to trust in him. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers... Uh, and, and uh, sorry, through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. We we've read through in Exodus where they were able to walk through the waters. Right. We've seen in Daniel where they were thrown into the fire and they weren't even burned. The only thing that was burned was they were no longer bound. Right. The ropes that were that were in there. And, and, and King's looking in there and he's like, wait a minute. We threw three in there, and now there's a fourth one, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God, right? Just trusting in the Lord. In certain, in, you know, those overwhelming circumstances, we can cling to the Word of God, the Word of God, where it says His testimonies, verse five, are very sure. You know, consider this: uh, Psalm one nineteen, verse eleven says, "I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame." That we would cling to the testimonies are the Word of God. I cling to your word, O Lord. Do not be, let me be ashamed. Joshua chapter 21, verses 43 through 45 says this. So the Lord uh, gave to Israel and, uh, and uh, sorry, all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave them rest all around according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And not a man of all of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. I'm just going to highlight a few things. It says that, that he gave them all that he had sworn to give them. It says that all that he had sworn to give to their fathers in verse uh, uh 44, the rest from all around. And in verse 45, it says, Not a word failed or of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. All of it. So when we consider what's being said there in verse 5, your testimonies are very sure. God's word is very sure. Everything came to pass. Psalm 119, verse 31, right? It said, I cling to your testimonies. I cling to your word. And then in Joshua, it's saying, not a word failed. Everything came to pass. Everything. Every single thing God says he's going to do in our life, he's going to do in our life. We can make things a lot harder on ourselves. You know, we can sit there and go, no, he doesn't mean it. Not for me. He didn't mean that. You know, yes, he does. And even to the minute details. Everything. Just go to him, trusting in him, and he's going to take care of us. We can go to his presence. Lastly, Habakkuk 2, verse 20 says, But the Lord 
is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. We can go to the Lord. You know, holy, where it says in 5b, if you want to look at it that way, holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. You know, where Habakkuk says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. We can go to him. Uh, and uh, we can just trust in him and, and trust that, that God uh, God reigns. Regardless of the chaos we see, God is clothed in majesty. Um, his throne is established from old, and uh, he is from everlasting. We can trust God, and we can trust his word. You know, if there's anything or anyone we can trust, it's God, right? I mean, you ever, you ever thought... Okay, I, I won't share the company because I don't know if we, we can do that. But I've, I've heard, hey, you buy their stuff, you can take it back, even if it breaks. For the rest of your life, Jen bought some boots. <laughs> we brought them back. They're like, no, that doesn't work anymore. You got to pay. Like, we can send it away, but you've got – no, you got to pay. There was some part that we needed to pay. I'm like, we just paid three I, – I don't know. It was like a – no, they were $300 boots. I don't think we paid $300. It was like 150 bucks or something. Like, you yeah, $300 boots. Like, we wouldn't have bought these if we knew they were broken. We brought them home the next day, and she yanks on the thing, and one of the little eyes that holds them breaks off. And I'm like, well, we just bought those things, right? So we go up, and, I mean, they were good, thick, uh, heavy winter boots. This was years ago. And, and uh, you know, we thought that the guarantee was there, right? We thought, oh, that guarantee, that stands for anything. Apparently not, right? But what can we trust in? You know, when we understand God is clothed in majesty, that he is from everlasting, we can trust in his strength. He's established and, and uh, there, there's nothing we need to worry about. You know, he is from everlasting. We can trust in his word, right? You know, when we see the examples, you know, of Psalm 119, where it's said there, they could uh, trust, uh, cling to his testimonies and then that everything God said would come to pass. <clears throat> that when we see that in Joshua 21, that it all did. There wasn't anything that didn't come to pass. Every single thing God says, we can trust in his word. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful that we can trust in your word. Lord, these psalms can uh, sometimes be very heavy or they can be full of thanksgiving or uh, they can be an encouragement to us or whatever it is, Lord, but we thank you for what we've read tonight. Help us to trust in you and to realize that in your word we can find answers for everything we have to face in this life. Help us to trust you knowing that you're with us in this. Not get overwhelmed, but be able to trust in you. Hide in the shadow of your wing and trust that you're going to protect us. Be our strong tower. Lord, help us to understand who you are and what your, how powerful your word is. That we would not be overcome by circumstances, and especially in our minds, or that can sometimes be the greatest battle. But Lord, that any fears, anxieties, and everything would be uh, would be driven out by the power of Your Word, and that we would come to know You and to trust You and to walk with You, and uh, just believe that You're going to work things for good for those that love You and are called according to Your purpose, as Romans eight twenty eight tells us. We thank You. We love You that we can, and we are so grateful that we can trust You. We love You, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.